Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this episode, I'll be speaking with Mike Terzo, CEO and CTO of Terzo Power Systems, who provides his insights into how electrification can improve the efficiency of hydraulic systems and off-highway equipment. Let's take a listen now. Thank you for joining me today, Mike. Hey, thanks a lot, Sarah. So uh, maybe if you could just start by providing some insight into some of the information and um, on the work Terzo Power Systems is doing regarding electrification of fluid power systems and within the heavy-duty equipment industry. Yeah, sure. So when I first started working uh, as an applications engineer uh, in fluid power and you know working with off-highway equipment, it really quickly became apparent that uh, almost every machine was hydraulically powered. And, uh, you know, but the, the equipment literally moves the world. It's, it's a huge industry uh, with a global impact, but it's all hydraulically powered. So I also knew that hyd- hydraulic systems are, are extremely inefic- inefficient by their nature. Uh, being an engineer, you know, we control the flow and pressure and direction with a pressure drop and that pressure drop is uh, lost energy. Uh, So we literally have to, in fluid power, we have to sacrifice more and more energy to get more and more control. So that to me as an engineer was sort of unacceptable. So I wanted to look at uh, hydraulic systems, address their inefficiencies, um, and I knew we had to basically rethink sort of the whole architecture of a fluid power system. So started looking at you know, about 10 years ago, I started looking at what were the largest contributors uh, to lost energy, and that's valves. You know, uh, valves uh, create all the pressure drop, but unfortunately, they're sort of a key piece in controlling the, the fluid and doing everything we want to do with hydraulics. So um, we actually developed the hydropulse technology to completely replace valves. Uh, but in order to do that, we had to, you know, we had to solve a bunch of challenges uh, with advanced motors, uh, motor control software uh, to make it actually cost effective. We had to integrate everything in from scratch and from the ground up, um, you know, but what was interesting is along the way, we, we learned there's so many other ways uh, to implement our electrohydraulic stuff. Uh, that uh, may or may not remove valves from the system. So we found that we started off by looking at how do we replace valves. We found that there's a lot more than just replacing valves in a hydraulic system. But in short, all we do here at uh, Terzo Power Systems is create uh, a product, the Hydropulse, that enables the electrification of off-highway equipment. Uh, so it's a, a piece of enabling technology and we allow uh, vehicle OEMs to develop their next generation of uh, vehicle platforms uh, with our advanced compact and really energy efficient uh, componentry uh, for those platforms. So that's uh, sort of what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you maybe go into the Hydropulse technology a little bit or how it works and what benefits yeah, it would offer? It's actually, it's actually pretty simple. Uh, um, you know, this is our, our smallest one, but all we did was integrate uh, the motor control electronics, which we call the, the inverter. Um, we integrated that with the motor, and then we just have the pumping work function. And 
those three pieces uh, really fully integrated just allow you to um, perform a lot of different fluid power functions, whether you're directly powering a, an actuator or a cylinder or powering a standard valve bank. Um, you know, really the key was how do we bring in high voltage uh, into a, 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 you know, into a unit and then be able to perform all those functions. Um, so it's, it, was, it was a lot of integration, um, but since it's off highway and rugged, um, mm -hmm. everything had to be developed for our industry. You can't, right. uh, you know, you can't go out and, and buy a, a ruggedized compact inverter uh, out there. So we had to develop so many pieces um, of that from scratch, actually all of it um, from scratch to, to do what we're trying to do. So um, yeah, it's, it's just integrating um, a motor, controller, and a pump in its simplest form. And, but it's, it's all the little, the little details that uh, really take a long time to develop, so. Right. <laughs> okay, so what are some of the benefits um, an OEM and then its end use customer can get from electrifying a hydraulic systems? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I actually started um, everything. I started everything with efficiency as the basis for electrification. Um, you know, 10 years ago, that's what I, what I started looking at. And we do efficiency really well. So we just, we just published our, our, our results from our three-year California Energy Commission uh, pilot demonstration where we achieved uh, over 96% energy efficiency. So we really, we really got the efficiency side done, but what we also realized was there's so many other benefits from electrification of fluid power. Uh, when, we, when we significantly improve the efficiency, we can downsize the reservoir size. Uh, that reduces oil, uh, size, weight, uh, cost. Um, we, we can also uh, reduce the number of components. Um, actually, I think we hit uh, 80 or 90% reduction in component count. Uh, so that reduces your engineering requirements in designing a system. Uh, it improves reliability. Uh, the, 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 you know, if you have smaller amounts of components and, and uh, um, connections, that reduces leak points, uh, failure points. So you can improve reliability. And then also your maintenance aspect is, is completely different with an electrified fluid power system. So there's, there's a lot of benefits to the electrification. And then one of the really exciting things is, is, is it really allows us to um, start envisioning uh, future uh, digital solutions. Uh, we, we, we're calling, we're sort of making up new terms here because uh, it's, it's some new technology, but we, we can digitally control fluid flow and pressure. That allows you to do a lot of really fun things on the control side. So we're just, uh, okay. Okay, <laughs> we haven't started again. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what's uh, uh, the other thing that electrifying fluid power can do is it really enables um, digital solutions that we can't even envision yet. Uh, so by digitally controlling the flow and pressure, uh, you enable IoT solutions and, and things that, you know, honestly, we, we, we can't even envision. Um, so that's really the, the next frontier of electrifying uh, fluid power. That's pretty exciting. So the benefits are numerous. Uh, they're real and, uh, you know, what we've done is make, make it so it's economically um, feasible to implement this type of technology. So. Okay, great. Well, and then I know um, you and I have talked previously about um, the California Mobility Center. Can you maybe go a little bit into that project and how 
uh, Terzo Power Systems is involved with that? Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, an interesting story. So I got involved before it was called the California Mobility Center. It was really just an idea. So I went over to Germany with a delegation from Sacramento here. Um, there was, uh, you know, policymakers, regulators, uh, local advocates uh, for mobility. And because Sacramento is sort of a, you know, a hub uh, globally for a lot of the electrification and mobility pushes, we went over to Germany to learn why this group called PEM Motion in Aachen, Germany was so successful in spinning out uh, numerous startups in uh, mobility. And they've done that very successfully, creating billions in investment and growth in the region. And we wanted to look at how, how, can, we, how can we bring that over here and replicate that to some extent in the greater Sacramento area, because uh, California is a great area for that. Um, and figure it, so we went over there to figure out how did they enable that ecosystem um, to allow specifically hardware and software, but you know, it started with hardware startups um, to really bypass so many of the hurdles that are in existence for getting that technology to true commercialization. Um, and since uh, I've been through all those struggles uh, as a hardware startup, uh, I knew I wanted to be involved, so I went over there. Um, and I knew also that if that type of ecosystem was in place over here, um, I, I would have benefited from it. I would have saved millions of dollars and years uh, shaved off my, my time to market. So um, I really wanted to be involved with it. The difference that I knew um, in the U.S., there is a lot of accelerators, um, ecosystems, investors all around software startups. Mm -hmm. Um, but for hardware, it's completely different. Software, you basically need an internet connection and a really good source of copy uh, to create the next Google. But mm -hmm. hardware, hard tech, um, you need millions of dollars in, in uh, lab equipment, um, prototyping um, resources, 3D printers uh, don't cut it in so many applications for hardware, engineering resources, shop space, heavy lifting equipment. Um, and every iteration can literally blow up and send tens of thousands of dollars up in smoke. Um, we actually called, uh, during our R&D phase, we actually called uh, Fridays Blow Up Fridays <laughs> because that, that was the day when we, uh, we planned our most high-risk experiments and they blew up a lot. Um, so they were sort of Blow Up Fridays. That's something that investors don't typically want to invest in. Right. Um, that's why they say hardware is hard. So the California Mobility Center is being established to, to uh, uh, be a hub of, of excellence for creating the technology uh, for smart mobility. Um, it's going to enable, and, it's, and we've taken sort of what was done over in Aachen um, and sort of uh, tweaked it for the American, you know, you know our, our academic institutions are different, public-private is different. Uh, so really it it's enables industry innovators, uh, educational institutions, uh, and clean tech regulators to, to come together and create that ecosystem uh, to help, you know, I think companies like myself um, to really get to commercialization and scale up. Um, so that's, it's, it's a platform, you know, for, for addressing a lot of the technological challenges. And then really importantly, uh, aligning the policymakers with the technology that's coming up. Um, because policymakers, uh, it's, it's not very successful if they just create uh, regulations in a vacuum without understanding the technology. And the same on the technology front, we don't want to create the, the, 
solutions that don't meet the the regulation. So we have to have that ecosystem that works together. So it's a it is truly a public private collaboration, uh, and then it addresses other things such as the the rapid adoption of new technology with the ramp up uh, factory that is the you know is is an actual um, facility that's going up right now. Um, and then we also have a whole workforce training and uh, new opportunities portion of it uh, to really pivot a lot of the, the, the workforce training into the new skills that are needed for the electrification. So uh, that's sort of the California Mobility Center. Um, I'm on the board. It's, it's really exciting uh, to, to, to see that moving forward. Uh, most of it's been behind the scenes and it's, uh, it's about to become very public. So that's going to be exciting. Um, and hopefully a lot of people learn a lot more about it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, what I'm involved with is obviously sort of representing the, the early stage hardware companies, uh, especially in the off-highway space. Okay. That's, that's sort of uh, sometimes left out of the mobility yeah. discussion is mm -hmm. the off-highway. Uh, they focus on the, the on-highway, the, you know, the, all the, the Teslas of the world, but the off-highway is... Uh, is important and it uh, needs to be part of that discussion. Yeah, agreed. Well, we look forward to hearing more about how all that comes about. And yeah, we'll, we'll have uh, some great information to get out to you to share to the industry because I think it will help the industry as a whole, especially navigating the, you know, the, the navigating the, the landscape here in California with the constantly changing, you know, stuff mm -hmm. that's going on. So, right. Okay. Well, just the last question I had for you was sort of how you maybe see electrification progressing in fluid power or the heavy equipment industries in the coming years. I mean, it clearly seems to be on the upward trend. Do you foresee that will continue to be the case? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, that is sort of the, the most interesting question, right, is I actually see an extremely exciting and amazing future for electrification in the off-highway and fluid power. Um, you know, our industry is really slow to adopt uh, since durability, reliability, always trump new technology uh, in off-highway equipment. Uh, the, the, the OEMs need to create vehicles that uh, make financial sense. They need to make their owners money. Uh, they need to work day in and day out. And, you know, that's just a totally different um, situation than a lot, lot, of, uh, lot of, you know, it's like passenger cars. Um, we don't have people that are buying uh, electrified uh, dozer, um, you know, for reasons other than making money. That's why they buy it. Right. Um, that's different than a Tesla or other, mm -hmm. other on-highway stuff. So the current power densities of batteries make, make it a challenge as well. So we really have to look at new business models that make sense. Um, but that is changing quickly, and I really think that um, if OEMs don't adapt, um, we are going to see some of the largest and most historic uh, OEMs in, in our industry um, going slowly the way, or quickly, the way of the dinosaurs. So we hope to significantly speed up the adoption for the OEMs uh, and allow them to compete uh, in this new you know, electrified landscape. Uh, this new mobility ecosystem, which is, it's here, it's coming. Uh, there's no stopping it. I think we're, you know, most people are in general agreement. doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. Um, it is, it is happening right now. So we either need to look at how we, we get on board and really innovate and adopt um, and, and, 
find solutions for the end user, um, the OEMs, and the regulators, and the industry as a whole, or, or we're going to be left by the wayside. So I, I think that we can't change the way heavy equipment, you know, we can't change what heavy equipment does. We still have to move earth, we still have to build bridges, we still have to pour concrete, uh, but we certainly can change how we do that on the vehicle platform. So um, that's why I think it's exciting um, and that uh, a lot's going on. Um, I think it will change significantly from, from what we're seeing right now, even in the development. I, you know, I really think that uh, a lot of the larger OEMs are focused on, um, you know, pieces of the, the electrification that, that may even be skipped over entirely. Um, you know, you look at hybridization. I was actually early, an early proponent of um, taking the stepping stone of hybridization to full electrification. Um, I don't know if that's uh, a legitimate stance now, uh, as we're seeing, you know, the improvements that we can do on, on system efficiency. Um, you know, it's a completely different deal now that we can uh, um, save 80% on the, the overall system efficiency. That that creates an entirely new, uh, um, you know, architecture that we can look at. So um, it's going to be a fun, you know, next five, six, seven years for sure. Uh, we're, we're seeing the acceleration really quickly, but the off-highway is still slower to adopt everything. Uh, the on-highway, medium and heavy-duty trucking is, is uh, accelerating extremely fast, led by some of the regulations, um, but the off-highway is, is going to be a little slower for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems. It's, but like you said, it's definitely an exciting time and will be interesting to see how it all continues to progress over the coming years. Absolutely. No, it's, it's fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today and provide your insights on the topic. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the invitation and it's, it's always <laughs> exciting to, uh, um, you know, see what's coming out, see what's going on and you, you guys are right in the middle of it. So I'm jealous. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you again to Mike Terzo for providing his insights into current electrification trends. Be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up to date on our ever-changing industry.